0: Welcome to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. I'm your host, Matt Helgeson. Jason Daphnis, co-host and producer. Hey, what's up, Jason? Hello, Matt. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Um, had a good weekend. Played some music down in Chicago and Milwaukee with my band Cassini. Uh, so shout out to everyone down there. It was great. Experienced Cactus Club in the store in Chicago. Cactus Club in Milwaukee. So that was Just fun. Just to drop the names for the Midwesterners, huh? Exactly. 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 It, I'm, you know, we're Midwest. This is a Midwest show.
1: We're bold North, Matt.
0: Have you Basically. not seen the advertising Basically. campaigns? <laughs> That's true. They're trying to change that. It's just a boring old Midwest. Um, but you know what's not boring? Our guest. We're super excited to have an awesome guest this week. I think you're going to really in, in, enjoy this conversation. It's uh, Bijan Steven. Welcome, Bijan.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Bijan is a, a writer. He's written for outlets uh, The Nation, uh, The Verge, The Believer, among others. Uh, he he co-hosts uh, a, a Fun City podcast about tabletop gaming and also, most notably, the Eclipse podcast, um, which is a pretty cool uh, spin on sort of the historical podcast. Uh, why don't you, uh, for people that aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about that, Bijan. Yeah, for
2: sure. Um, so Eclipsed is a podcast, um, I think, our catchy. It's a, a podcast about stories that you might not know from history. And our uh, catchy slogan that um, my, our lead producer, Lane, came up with was stories you never knew you never knew. So that's such a
1: good tagline. It's pretty I gotta good. I got tagline right? for that. So, we, yeah, yes.
0: Yeah, hmm? Go on. Oh, I was just like, uh, what's, what's like an example of one of these for the listener? Oh, that's a, that's a great
2: question. Let me, let me, let me just, let me pull up the feed, uh, because, uh, we, <laughs> it's been a while because we, we do these, uh, they, they take a while to make. So we, mm-hmm. we're, you know, far ahead of whatever's publishing online. But, um, I think probably, probably the biggest story we did. Um, actually just came out recently, uh, beginning of June. Um, but we went down to Puerto Rico in the spring and talked to um, a few boxers there because uh, in 1980, they were Americans who went to the Moscow Olympics, uh, which is a big deal because if you know anything about the 1980 Olympics, you know that Jimmy Carter uh, instituted a Western boycott of that summer games. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we went down there and talked to these uh, three boxers who – you know, had this incredible story of like, you know, they, they were like, they got like bomb threats. They were sort of driven out of Puerto Rico for a while. And it was really fascinating to, you know, speak, speak with them about this thing that was a huge event for them, for Puerto Rico, but also something that really not that many people know about. Like there's, there mm-hmm. was some press coverage at the time, but it wasn't anything terribly comprehensive. Um But other than that, you know, like we have a story about like the history of the burrito, uh the history of... um uh like i don't know we are one of my favorite episodes um lane did a story about hand farts like this guy yes. who who was farting <laughs> oh, well, with i was, was going to talk about this episode i love <laughs> yeah, this yeah, one it, it was incredible it was just you know like and we we have some great tape of uh you know people farting with their hands um but yeah we we've done everything from like the uh like the um crisis of silver thursday which was kind of like it was after the savings and loan crisis but before 2008 and it was kind of the same Uh, Thriller, if you weren't part of what was happening, uh, uh, we, you know, I don't know, we've, we've done a lot of stuff, uh. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, and this, this being a music podcast, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Matt, can you fart with your hands? Hmm. Hmm. I think I can't. Almost. I, I think you all, (laughs) okay, okay, I'll break out mine. I, I have no... I have no tonality to it, but the rhythm. It's- we've all got this really great
0: jug band thing going wow. on right now. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's actually- exactly. You mean- I need. I need a washboard. <laughs> I'll get a saw,
2: but it's actually okay. it's actually really hard. Um, and that was that was something we learned mm-hmm. um, while recording the or while researching, reporting, and recording the episode. Uh, just because like it it takes it. We we talk to some. They call themselves manualists. We talk to some of them, uh, and it you know turns out it's a skill.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how you preface that. Jason was like, "Matt, you're a musician. Can you hand?" Fart? I, like, I, I actually studied at Juilliard. Jason, uh, I was a a major in classical. And now you're stuck here farting. talking to this uh, jackass
1: about farting with your hands.
0: Uh, <laughs> Look, it's a fun episode. Uh, you should listen to it. You no, know, I it's great. I'm, it's great. It's the one that hooked me. I'm already sold. I'm already sold. Yeah. Uh, we, we
2: actually we've done a fair number of music episodes. Our first three were about uh, this Australian musician named Kathy Wayne who um, was killed in Vietnam. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was like, it's a, it's a really fascinating story. But during the making of that show, we interviewed, uh, what's his name? Uh, lucky, lucky star who is most famous for recording, uh, I've been everywhere. The original song that Johnny Cash covered. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, a, did, that's he, a killer song. He sung a bit for us too. And we got it on mic and it was like, oh wow, shit. All right. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm gonna check out the hand farting. The history burritos sound good as well. I'm 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 interested in there's the one I I there I, is. Yeah. There is <laughs> <laughs> so uh in addition to the, the historical podcast, Bijan's also written uh, I know he, there's a bunch of stuff online for the nation. Uh, I, I was I was checking out some of the uh, reviews you have done for them. And so uh your pick was uh Uyama Hiroto, mm-hmm. Freeform Jazz, I think I pronounced that correctly. I think, yeah, I think yeah. Um, so I wasn't familiar with this artist. Uh, I know he's worked with, uh, Nujabas, Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a DJ, producer, jazz musician. Tell me a little bit about, um, I don't know, your relationship to this record, how you discovered yeah, no. it and, um, why it's, uh, I guess meaningful to you.
2: Yeah. That's, a, it's funny because I, I was reading the description of the podcast and it was like the most, the, the album that means the most to you. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if this is one, the one that means the most, but I do find it very meaningful. Um, I found it because uh because of is it was like, you know, it was one of those things where um I had really enjoyed some like some of the animes that or some of the anime that uh they like that he scored. Uh and I was like, Oh, who are the other people who, you know, helped make this music and make this sound? Um and eventually got to uh Hiroto. And it was it was just like I don't know, it it's it it feels really <laughs> it feels really interesting. I don't know. I, I I'm really into I've really been into solo piano stuff lately and a lot of jazz stuff. I think in my original email to uh Jason, I the uh I think I suggested like four solo piano records that I might want yeah. <laughs> yeah, to talk about. One of them Keith
1: Jarrett on there, which would have been a fascinating Ooh. pick yeah, too. I cause like that's yeah. the
2: other one. I fucking love the Sunbear concerts. It's one of my favorite <sighs> records. It's Cheer it's it. so, so, so good. And especially it's because uh he improvises everything. So all of those concerts, like never happened again but i remember uh when i was researching that record because i heard it on actually this was this was a funny story i heard it on um a mix by uh what's his name um nicholas jar for the bbc one his bbc one essential mix which is incredible because not only did he mix like things like keith jarrett but he also had like baroque opera uh like uh luli was on there which i was i in college I, i played the oboe uh, and my friend got really into Baroque opera and he worked for a conductor in France and we stayed in his apartment in Paris for a minute. And it, but like, I, it was, anyway, that's the musical trail.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But, Jarrett, yeah. uh, number one, the sweater king, Keith Jarrett. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, his sweater game is amazing. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's like, I, I love his playing, but man, sometimes the, uh, the mannerisms with him. Mm-hmm. And that little vocalizing thing he does sometimes. Yeah, I, it's I, tough to it, take.
2: It is tough to take. And it's it's really it's really pronounced on those records, which I th- I think is pretty interesting. Uh I think, you know, maybe we could play a bit of Encore from Tokyo here if you'd like. But I uh it I think the thing that I really liked about that specifically is like it feels like he's like he's feeling ecstasy and you can feel him feeling it. If you know what I mean? Like the vocalizations like are totally involuntary. But I also I think the thing I like the most is like his propensity to just stop concerts if he's not feeling it or if people are loud or coughing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like he, he insists on like this total zone of control, which I think I, I really appreciate. Um, yeah.
0: Nina Simone kind of had that too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let's get to, uh, Hiroto yeah. here. Anyway. Uh, he, he, yeah, he's, um, we don't want to get too off on Jarrett. Uh, so this guy kind of just, What's his background? does he come from a jazz background? Or does he come from more sort of like a down tempo trip hop kind of thing or electronic background? You I was know- trying to one question I kind of had when I was listening to this is like some of the drums are clearly programmed or samples mm-hmm. some sounded live I didn't know with the music how much if it was all live music all or there were some samples kind of being run through that or or um it was kind of an interesting mix, and I wasn't sure what was yeah. All.
2: You know, I actually, I really, This, this is, this is the thing. It's like, I really don't know that much about him because I remember feeling, I was, I was listening to the albums, uh, after I discovered his music and I was like, you know, these, these feel like, these feel like musical statements and they evolve a bit, you know, like a son of the sun is mm-hmm. a little bit less formed than freeform jazz, which is the one um, I picked. Um, but I, I, for me, so, um, one of, so at The Nation, I am a music critic. So I, I, I listen to a lot of music, but, um, I think one of the things that I, I don't always try and resist doing this, but I when I like something, I don't necessarily go seek out the backstory of the music because I feel like oh, okay yeah because I, I feel like the just like it the music itself stands as a document. It's like it's like this is the artist's intention. This is like this is part of the things the part of the thing that could control the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I I I'm gonna do a little bit of uh quick googling here just to see. Uh, but I think I you know I think I think. Yeah, it's just funny because one of the things that I really appreciate about this music is, like, it is sort of the thing that inspired the lo-fi, uh, anime, hip-hop, jazz beats to chill Mm, and study study, (laughs) to. But it's, uh, it's, it's great because it's just, like, better. (laughs) Yeah. Because it feels, it's, instead of being sort of derivative, it feels, it feels like there was an actual musician behind it. Um. Yeah. And I really love, Um, I really love those, those keys. Um. But yeah, yeah so, I, so I actually, I don't know that much about it. I feel really bad. I, I feel like I should well, know. No, <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> I I, that, that, I totally get the rationale. Why don't we, uh, let's let the music speak for itself. Let's, uh, let's listen to, uh. How about, how about Tycho? Tycho. This is a, is this it, one I marked as one of my favorites. It's, it's, it's really good. It's kind got of a Tycho drums on yeah. it. Uh, I believe it, especially, uh, let's listen to it. And then there's a cool big, at 130, but we'll probably just get there naturally talking about it.
1: Yeah. Okay, here's Tycho.
2: God. This is also like music I love to play at a party.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like no, the party after that. the party.
2: It's it's very much yeah. like you know, where all the you're cool people out. get to hang
0: around. Yeah, yeah. The come like, down room or whatever.
2: Yeah, and the sun's gonna come up in like an hour or so, but you're just there. <laughs> yeah. But those saxophones, oh my god. Yeah. I think the thing I like the most, or one of the things I like the most about this record and this track specifically is just like the whole thing is about conjuring a vibe and like the saxophones uh the saxophone is free i, I used to play the saxophone and growing up and i i really appreciate a good like freeform sax solo
0: oh yeah the, sax is an amazing instrument
2: but I
1: d- what uh what drove you to it when well, you learned
2: uh you know it was my <laughs> my first band director uh was like, yeah, maybe you should play the saxophone, and uh, I started playing it, and it, it immediately felt familiar. Um, mm. And so, yeah, no, I was, I was, uh, I did not go to a conservatory, but I remember when I was looking, like, at colleges, definitely visited, uh, like, Berkeley, and you know, was think, I was thinking about like trying to, you know, do that, uh, mm-hmm. and I decided against it.
0: But oh, the drums, this part, yeah, this, this part is, this is really cool breakdown yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I also i think the other thing i like about this is just how unfussy it feels like this there i feel like there are a lot of artists or like there are a lot of, there's a lot of music that feels like it shies away from like the easy pleasure do you know what i mean
3: hmm. mm-hmm.
2: like like the the vibe that they're curating here feels like it's it's just like it's hitting all of the pleasure centers of my brain at once it's lighting them up oh okay uh because it's like i don't know i feel like there's a lot of there are a lot of I feel like the Red Hot Chili Peppers is maybe the, like the best example of this. Like they'll get into a groove and then <laughs> destroy it for like no reason, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you know, I get why you're doing it, but like, ah, god, like what if you, what if you just kept going?
1: What if you scratched that itch a little bit longer?
2: Yeah, yeah, and this this is the itch scratching. I I also feel like I should disclose here that uh, for like the last eight months, I have not been able to listen to anything but like like liquid drum and bass. Like I just I. I don't know why, it's just like I think it started as just something like, easy to listen to Yeah. Uh, I know I've started going back to like, 90s drum and bass and like, going back to like, the early stuff but like, it's been it's the same kind of thing where it's like, oh yes the the drop, the whatever like
4: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: the candy synths on top it's like, oof, but yeah, anyway, this is this feels like it hits the same kind of thing for me, where it's
0: (laughs) I went to the liquor store a couple of weeks ago and the kids were playing like some like old school, like early, early nineties drum and bass (laughs) where it just sounded like 10, you know, drum machines having a seizure at one time. (laughs) It was like, I was like, wow, this stuff was hectic. I forgot how hectic this stuff was. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is like the opposite of that feeling. I would say, um, but one to me it's, to I me it really... conjures the okay. same
2: thing inside of myself. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about music is inter- is funny and interesting because it's like it's all it's so individual. It it's all yeah, like how yeah. you react to it. Anyway,
0: sorry, go on. Yeah, let's uh I, I would like to hear Yin and Yang. I really like this one. Mm-hmm. Um and like you said it is it's very mellow. It's kind of um almost reminds me of like a really hip like modern redo of some some stuff like me, like 70s kind of pop jazz mm-hmm. like Bob James or things like that. Um a lot of like vibes and Fender Rhodes, piano and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Which I think is just a good sound. Yeah. You know, no, I love is. me a good Rhodes.
3: All right. What's
1: that? I, you know, I love me a good Rhodes. Uh-huh. I guess. You do. do you know? Do you know that I love me a good Rhodes? Matt, Who doesn't I love me love a good them. Rhodes. Yeah, I am <laughs> <say Fender laughs> <Rhodes. laughs> just trying Maybe's, to find a bridging oh, yeah. phrase between I between that and I get to say, here's yin and yang. I'll just play I really You regret keep talking. I, this you is you your show. You should be
0: able to like pick up Fender Rhodes for like super cheap back in the day. And now I'm sure they're Tell super me about expensive kick myself sounds like you gotta do some research
1: (laughs) hey you want to help him out with that uh here's yin and yang
2: it feels really dated but also very modern and i think the beat is modern but the sentiment of the fender is really not yeah (laughs)
1: And if you put like some crinkling newspaper or like some hands running across tables or something, you would absolutely have the music <laughs> of uh like fi beats to. <laughs> well, maybe not that. Uh, not uh, like skin I mean... on skin per se, but just like, you know, ambient sounds that don't exist here. Like it's got the reverb, it's got the roominess, but it's also like. I'm glad Bijan put it that way. Like it tickles the pleasure centers of your brain because so much of this kind of music that's made today is just made to like facilitate. Thought or like make it easy to work, I guess, mm-hmm. sometimes. Whereas this is like, we have your attention because this is really good music, because this is like, it's going down smooth, but that, that does not mean it doesn't have to leave like a trace. It doesn't have to right. be memorable and yeah. even catchy sometimes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, I think I, this is not totally analogous, but like, I, it reminds me of like kind of the era of conscious rap where like everyone was trying to say something profound. And you were supposed to think about the bars. You're supposed to think about everything going into the music and coming out of it, and your reactions to it. And music like this kind of is music for music's sake, which I Hmm. really think, which I really enjoy. Like sometimes I don't want to like. Sometimes I just want to feel. I don't want to have to think or intellectualize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is feel like yeah, which is partially why I picked
0: this. I feel like there might be something psychological going on as a whole. I feel like. feel like you know the lo-fi beast to study Mm -hmm. too and this whole phenomenon I mean mean, this is armchair psychology bullshit so I'll just say that (laughs) I love that but (laughs) if you were forced you know to deal with sort of an ongoing 24 hour a day horror show dystopia like I think people are becoming more drawn to kind of stuff that kind of is adjacent to like ambient music Mm -hmm. in in certain ways that might Mm -hmm. be like soothing I think soothing music seems to be yeah having sort of a moment right now
2: i think you're right i also i think i would draw a distinction between i mean i obviously this is the kind of music that inspired the low the lo-fi craze um mm-hmm. but I, I think i would draw a distinction there because i see lo-fi as much closer to muzak and muzak's original purpose as than yeah. anything mm-hmm. else right yeah, because it's yeah. like it's definitely music to work to to increase your productivity to whereas this is like
0: this feels different oh yeah no you know uh- I didn't mean it to, to insinuate it was, like, Muzak. No, I think... But, but I, I th- you know, just in general, you know, you could even say, like, you know, Kind of blew my Miles Davis is kind of... Yeah, no, I... Has a similar feel. Um, but I, I just feel like people might be seeking sort of a yeah comfort from music, maybe, in, in certain right. senses now. Um, but, you know, this is just, like... And also, I think, like, certain sounds, like the Fender Rhodes, I think, is, is sort of a... Jason, I think you said, is, it like... It's a very nostalgic mm-hmm. instrument. It almost places you in sort of this, like sepia tone seventies kind of thing, you know, a yeah. bit of
1: a cheat code in some ways. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, um, go yeah. Ahead.
0: No, no, it's, it's just funny because like the
2: other, the other thing that I was going to, the other artist I was going to mention when I was thinking about this whole thing, just to go back to the beginning, beginning for a little bit, um, was Lonnie Liston Smith. Like, Oh, yeah. A oh, garden yeah. of peace. I, I was listening to that for like a week on repeat and it feels, it also feels sort of similar in vibes to this. Um, but like, I don't know. It's, it's again, like, I think, I think you're right. Like, I think a lot of people are turning to music for, like, comfort and unadulterated pleasure because, like, everything else is kind of, like, it's hard to enjoy sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but even the, even the things that used to be fun are just like, oh, like, you know, the working conditions at Blizzard, like, fuck, I can't really enjoy that stuff as much anymore. Like, it's, it's that kind of thing where, I don't know. But yeah, I it, realized
0: I was kind of like bored with the internet the other day. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was just kind of <laughs> like, "There's really like nothing to see anymore," you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see that much cool stuff on the internet you know, like it used to be. I don't know, or maybe I've just seen it all. I, but I think, I think, <laughs> I think part
2: of it is as a person who writes a lot about the internet. I think part of the reason you don't see much that's interesting online anymore is because uh, a lot of it's happening, for example, on well, it's not even TikTok, but like you're you're you've been sent down an algorithmic funnel uh that mm, shows yeah. you only things that are like making people react to things so like the stuff that like the internet of you know 2012 and before felt surprising because those systems hadn't been fully realized and fully in place yet you know like you could watch a vine and it would it wouldn't recommend you a bunch of similar vines and every vine felt new because you know it it came out of nowhere there was no trend really to follow like somebody would create something and you know that it would stand as like a, a document it would stand as its own thing Sure. Um, whereas like now, you know, TikTok rules the mi- music industry and it's like, you have a bunch of derivative works and like yeah. industry plants and stuff, but like it, it has changed like the, the, it exists to promote trends that are generated on the app and then reinforced. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's all, it's all the same funnel is why it was, why I bring up TikTok and vine and you know, the whole mm-hmm. thing. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, For I think, sure. I think you're right. It is. It, the internet is far less surprising than it used to be. Um, yes. Except yeah. in like, you know, I think. Twitter is a very interesting part of this, because not only does it, like, do the algorithm thing, but it also, like, there are some weird-ass fucking people on there, man. That's, and they- that's <laughs> what I was, yeah...
0: <laughs> Twitter still has like the old school weird like when a guy would just have a web page like devoted to like mm-hmm. making dioramas of like his He-Man dolls or something and with like a hit counter on the bottom and stuff <laughs> yeah. like the the weird old internet you <laughs> know what I mean sounds
1: way do specific Matt. I yeah that
0: well that was my site <laughs> I want to visit still on, that website still on, still on geocities.com Hell, posted yeah. um <laughs> well, Okay, we'll bring it back here cuz you mentioned uh, conscious hip hop so i did want to bring back uh, uh this song oh, the uh, side sh- featuring shingle two. yeah um this was like i you know i'm a creature of the 90s it reminded me of like i feel like i'm seeing the roots and like there's some local act called soul nexus or something mm-hmm. like that opening up uh this is good stuff i like this just kind of old school jazzy hip-hop
2: yeah it really right. does feel like a throwback oh big time yeah
0: but i love this shit
2: Uh, see, like, you can't beat that. <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do>. <laughs> can't beat that. This is also one of those albums that, like, is done before you realize it. Not it just because it's wild. short.
1: I, I listened to it on a bike ride and on a walk and stuff, and I was like, usually these albums take me a full walk. You know, most of a bike ride. This one was over like halfway through.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I also like like hip hop culture and rapping filtered through like a different lens. I, I find I find uh, rappers who aren't American endlessly fascinating. Like in general, just because it's like mm. rap yeah. feels very specific, and it was created very specifically. And yet, you know, like Like, I don't know I, TikTok serves me a lot of, like People rapping over other people's beats Uh, and Some of it's great, some of it's weird And, uh, some of it's real bad A lot of it's real bad, but Sometimes, like, a British kid will just, like, hit it right And it's yeah. like, ooh And this feels like kind of the same thing Where it's like, this guy This, yeah, it's this interesting guy interesting, spirit,
0: bro it, <laughs> It's, like, interesting, like, how specific of a dialect He even, like is able to kind of ape you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh it's like a very it's, it's like it's a backpacker kind of thing but it's very specifically i think like like a west coast backpacker like far side type stuff mm-hmm. uh, exactly. he has a little bit of a west coast la kind of accent thrown in there was just fascinating to me that he got you know he could drill down so specifically into like what he liked
2: yeah, and he's
3: a good rapper. It know? also
2: feels kind of reverent, like it doesn't feel like it's, it's
3: it's
2: like it feels authentic, but also like uh, like a homage, kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you played this for somebody and didn't tell them who it was, and they, I mean, hardly think they would think it was Japanese. You know, yeah. they just think it's some like deep cut from the '90s or something. You know. Yeah, fair so enough. I know that that that, uh, that you know. Do, 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 do. I love that. That's so, that's a great line.
2: Yeah, the saxophone All on this right. album is unmatched.
0: Oh yeah, um, it's great.
2: <laughs> should we talk about some Joy Division because I, I really I think
0: Okay. Well, well we like what's one more you want to play out? Okay, this before we That's, eat?
2: you know what? We'll do one more.
0: But I know what you mean. This is kind of a vibe album and you know, you kind of get the vibe. Oh,
2: absolutely. Is Honestly, there another one that
1: sticks out to you, Bijan. I uh, feel yeah. like you've done it
2: well. No, okay. no. I mean, I feel like um, one the because all the tracks blend together. But one of the things I think the thing that I one of the tracks I really like is actually just the first track
4: mm-hmm. into the freedom. Because, oh, yeah, that is good
2: because it's like it it immediately puts you in the world of the album with like and does it effortlessly, which is a really hard thing to do. I think um, if you've listened to many albums, which I'm sure you have, you know, like like the the first track is not usually like. The single but it, it, it is the thing that like sets out what you're going to listen to for the next hour of your life
4: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah and so i, I don't know i I, rem- I really every time i hear this i'm like ah right this is like i'm here again i'm back at this specific train station i'm back at this specific emotional place i'm back you know wow. at this hour with these people uh, yeah it's gonna you know, it nice. be a
1: fun a fun experiment then is uh we'll play the track while i'm talking about just jumping into the album at some point rather than starting at that Song. Oh, seeing I do that. How You feel about like different different entry points.
2: I do that all the time, actually. The, one of one oh, of the yeah. ways I listen to music, and I did this with Unknown um, Pleasures, but it is just hitting the random button after I've listened to it sequenced. Oh. I go back through. Um, and I usually wow, listen. What a good idea. It was a because like you hear the tracks differently when they're not coming together. Mm-hmm. But this bit, this beginning piano bit, feels so like exploratory. Like it's It's a little delicate in a way that I think feels vulnerable to me. It reads as vulnerable to me, yeah. uh, which is what grabbed me immediately about this album, like the first time I listened to it.
1: It is striking, now that you mention it, how like I don't really think about the album art much when I'm listening to a record, but I think about the album art to this immediately when Mm -hmm. those chords and all those (laughs) arpeggios start to hit. It's just like this really weird amalgam chimera thing that they've got going Mm. on.
3: I was
0: actually expecting something way more aggressive, based on the cover actually right. <laughs> and the title. I was yeah. expecting like way more of like a free jazz kind of thing, mm-hmm. but but yeah, this I do love this again. It sets the scene for the album very well.
2: Yeah, it's it's it feels it's just like it feels really good to listen to. I don't know it, it like yeah the arpeggiation and like the like it it, it feels like watching. A waterfall (laughs) kind of to me like it feels like it feels like i'm i'm suddenly sort of in nature a little bit um but i mean again like music it's all feelings man and you know i i have i have a lot of feelings uh, um which i've written a lot about on the internet (laughs) (laughs) go find
1: it Uh, the links in the show notes uh i really like your conception of this album as like a little corner of the music world where you can just sort of like be pleased by what you're hearing rather than like super challenged or super like, yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not too plain, but it's not something that's like gonna require every ounce of your brain to really like get right. and like and understand. I, 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 like that.
2: But I will say, I think it, I think it does sustain that interest. Like you, if you wanted to, you mm-hmm. could, um, if you felt like it, but you know, again. Sure, sure. I think, yeah. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I really, it's just like a, it's a, it's a fun, beautiful album.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I was not familiar with his work. Um, yeah, I'm really, I think this is going to be a, definitely a, a good day-to-day album, especially, uh, I tend to listen to stuff like this when I work a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I love it. I, it was a great, great suggestion. So thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Um, and now we're going to switch gears in a big way, um, I into an album that's not like, well, I mean, I, I, I can see <laughs> some, yeah, you know, but that, it, this,
2: yeah, I, I, so, okay. So firstly, I was glad you recommended this because I've heard some of these tracks before, but I've never actually listened to the entire album, which Mm. feels like a fucking gap, right? Mm -hmm. But secondly, I think the 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 thing I was thinking about the links between these two albums is like the main one is that like there's a lot going on in this album, but it's also very stripped down. It's very simple in the same conceptual space. I think that like the Hiroto album is very simple. Yeah. Like it's not Mm -hmm. like there's a lot there. But it does not on initial listen demand a ton of you. Um, and I think the first thing that I really loved was like when the baseline comes in on disorder, like, buddy, buddy, I'm there.
0: Like, yeah, it hits. Yeah. It's a sense of space. I think they mm-hmm. both have a big sense of space. Um, you know, I know that, <laughs> uh, Vijan, you said that, you know, you don't, like to know too much about the backstory, Jason yeah, tell said me not too much about story. the album tell covers. Tell me more. Uh, <laughs> I think it's 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 a fool's errand to expect uh with this album, Joy Division, Unknown Pleasures, you c- the album cannot be disentangled from the story of what happened. The certainly the album cover is cannot be <laughs> disentangled from the music. It's kind of you know, uh a total art piece, I think. Yeah. Uh I was actually uh, brought back to this album. It's a favorite of mine. I haven't listened to it in a few years. Um, there's a new book I wanted to plug called uh, The Searing Light, The Sun, and Everything Else, Joy to Vision, The Oral History by John Savage. Uh, he's a great um, English writer. He did probably the definitive book about English punk called England's Dreaming. Um, and it's a it's a really powerful book. I mean, I knew the story. Uh, you know, I'd seen it kind of represent some movies like Control and 24-Hour Party People. But um, there's a lot of different... I think perspectives, percep- perspectives from his wife, Deborah Curtis, that are really interesting, the band themselves. And, uh, you know, for those, of you who don't know, you probably, everyone knows, but you know, Ian Curtis committed suicide at age 23, uh, years old, hung himself before their first American tour. Um, and it, it kind of unfolds in, in the book is sort of this like slow motion train wreck of just this kid. That's, you know, having seizures. He's on very savage, like 1970s era, you know, psychiatric drugs, um, depressed. And I don't know, it's like, you can see the, the tragedy happening. Um, however, I was also struck by, you know, how much they accomplished so fast with often, I think really pretty rudimentary musical skills, especially on this album, but they were able to kind of create, I think something that is a a real power and a real atmosphere, um, that that's pretty unique. Um, so why don't we hear uh you you mentioned uh just yeah the the yeah
2: I, i'm a sucker for first tracks but this was like i it felt like hearing it again for the first time because i've heard this i've heard the song before but like it felt like i was like oh shit like this is the beginning of something anyway yeah
0: i think already we have the kind of cavernous sound that i think it's sort of known for but like that that bass line
2: it, and you're right it does like it is rudimentary and the like the mu- the music the the musical part of this is like very it's very it's very rudimentary it's like this I'm not sure they can play their instruments
0: no I mean <laughs> or sing no, I know what you mean <laughs> like, yeah, yeah but
2: it's yeah but I don't know how the fuck they did it because it's like oh fuck yeah dude like <laughs>
0: what? yeah they just had great musical instincts I think And melodic instincts, Mm -hmm. despite the... And and in a way, I think maybe the fact they couldn't play was sort of important, you know, because they didn't do too much. They let things be simple, because I doubt they could really do a whole lot more.
1: Now, have either of you seen the movie uh, 20th Century Women? (laughs) I have not. No. Uh, There's literally a whole bit about this. I think it's Talking Heads that they're talking about. It's set back in 79, I think. But they're talking about how, like, the essentiality of the music that is being played, it's like you know, whatever punk is like, is the fact that they are fighting with the fact that they can't really Mm -hmm. play that well, that they're not that super skilled, that it's like more their emotion bearing the weight of the song than their skill. And it's like, this is reminding me very much of that where it's like, yeah, the, the singing, not always in key, the rhythm, not always in the pocket, Mm -hmm. still an unassailably, like really well put together piece of music.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's like they didn't have any other tools. So they had to make what they could with what they had, which is, like, but it doesn't feel improvised, like improvised or improvisatory. Like, it doesn't feel like no. it was like, like it feels really intentional. And e- I, yeah. I can't imagine being in the like the studio and not wanting to fix some of this stuff. <laughs> like-
4: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, uh, the <laughs> Martin Hannett, the producer, is probably the kind of other figure that really contributes to how this sounds. And I think he kind of really took this band apart and put it back together in certain ways. He was sort of a Insane person to a large degree and not very an
1: uh, iconoclast, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a generous term, but yeah, he's kind of a nutcase, um, brilliant, but um, he just had a very odd sense of production. I think he would like take apart the drum set and you know, make him play with fewer drums. And like, hmm. he, I think he wanted to sort of emphasize this sort of like empty, hollow kind of yeah. quality. Um, and, and and he's using a lot of early digital delay stuff and like pretty primitive, uh, you know, tape looping and and you know, tape echoes and stuff. So, um, sure.
2: It's just, it's funny. Cause it, I think the thing for me is like, it feels so simple, simple that it feels obvious, except it's not, it's just not like, I don't know. I think, I think that's, that's one of the things that a lot of great art does. It like makes things feel obvious that just should not be. Hmm. And this is the, this is in the same category. Cause it's like, like it's one guy, a base, drums and like a guitar like yeah <laughs> like yo, it's like there's yo, nothing yeah, there <laughs> mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and yet you know um, but i remember it's magic yeah it, it 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 feels like a magic trick even though you know how how they do it it's like well how did they do that mm-hmm. um i think the other yeah the other track that i really i really loved um was a uh, new dawn fades that's a classic it's yeah. just like but it was i was just like man like Obviously, yeah, it, like you can tell by the the play counts on Spotify that it's a classic, but <laughs> but it felt like rediscovering the song for the first time, like listening to it after, like in sequence after like these other two, like these other three songs, mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. I don't know.
1: Yeah. All right. Here's New Dawn fades. <laughs>
2: So a lot of, sometimes when I'm listening to music seriously or reviewing, like when I'm reviewing an album, one of the things I'll do is do something else while I'm listening to it and just listen for what sticks out. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is a song that really just like, like, I don't know. It feels, it feels like a, like a psychic sort of spike, you know? Hmm. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and to your point, you'll just, like this guitar part like Bernard Sumner can't play very well at this point but like he's got such a good sense of melody like it's such yeah. a memorable line and same with like the bass part Hook is Peter Hook the bass is just a genius of like these memorable super simple repetitive lines but like they steal the, you know they generally kind of I always feel like Joy Division it's almost like the bass player is the mm-hmm. guitar player and the guitar mm-hmm. player is the bass player a lot of times like the bass is generally sort of like the lead instrument on this which is another way that they're they sort of upend that kind of traditional rock Band yeah.
2: it really, feel. And it feels really post. Like, it feels post. It feels a lot of, like post rock. Not post rock, but you know what I mean? Like, post. like
0: I mean, post punk for sure. Post punk yeah. for
2: sure. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like it feels like a reaction to like the excesses of the earlier bands of that era.
0: Yeah. Because
2: it's, it's it's so stripped down and the bass lines are so yeah. prominent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think they liked, you know, they were big fans of like some of the Iggy pop solo stuff, like the mm-hmm. Berlin ones, like The Idiot and, uh, you're actually big Doors fans, mm, um, which okay. makes yeah. kind of you know sense if you think about it. Um, Pink, yeah. If you just listen to his voice, yeah, yeah.
2: Also, he can't sing, kind of, and it's like great. Like, yeah, I yeah. think one of the things I was telling my girlfriend when I was listening to the album I was because I was just like, "Hey, I'm going to be playing this album for a bit," uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, she knows and loves this album and this band, but I think one of the things that I found really interesting. Uh, was like he I, I feel like this this was one of the things that inaugurated like bad karaoke <laughs> which is sounds harsh but I, I don't mean it harshly i mean uh. i think it feels like it feels like i I've, I've just seen so many people try and do this and fail at it oh this so- yeah here, yeah because it sounds simple it sounds simple what he's doing and it it, it like and a lot of there's some toxing on this album but like it's not and it, it's just like it gives you the impression that anyone can do this, but that is not actually true at all. And I think that's a mm-hmm. like a genius kind of thing. Like, the, and this this track specifically kind of exemplifies that to me, where yeah. it, like it feels again, it has the same simplicity, the same like sort of rawness emotionally. Yeah. But like, it's actually it's difficult. Like the, this this vocal line is like mm-hmm. weirdly difficult to do. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's hard to project this kind of like intensity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That he had. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's just like I actually, I'm not one to look up lyrics that much And I was kind of looking them up And mm-hmm. it's like, man, like Yeah Given what happened, some of these song lyrics are just really Yeah, this guy was Like, it, it feels like a suicide note at times yeah, This um, guy was not happy No, Um. <laughs> and Just this sort of, like I don't know, I, it's almost impossible for me to listen to this album And not see, like, sort of, like Grainy footage of, like, you know Abandoned warehouses and deserted downtowns, and like England, you know, it's going kind of grim, English gray yeah. kind of feeling. Yeah.
2: I, yeah. I just really. Yeah. This is this is this is depression. The song, though. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah.
1: it's it's a, it's a like the whole record. I I hadn't listened to it full through either prior to this assignment. Man, it is. It is a punch to, like, listen through in its entirety. Yeah. Like, you got to go listen to something a little bit brighter, poppier, mm-hmm. maybe some K-pop or whatever, just to, like, flush it and, yeah. and come back to it later when you can think about it.
0: And this is, like, a party record compared to the next album.
4: <laughs> Close. That's what I heard. I didn't have I didn't have yeah, to joking. go in. Yeah.
0: It's great. I mean, just, it's an amazing record as well. Um, we should listen to... Uh, this is probably, like, this and... Um the, the standalone single, uh, level tears apart, but, uh, oh, she's yeah. lost control is probably the closest, one of the closest they came to like sort of a hit. Um, I think this kind of was what put them on the map in England. And, uh, this has some amazing, like just to, going back to Martin Hand, the producer. Um, a lot of these sounds, like, you know, like this was recorded, I believe in 78, um, into 79. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these drum sounds and just synth sounds and, and just everything is, I mean, really predicting the '80s in a lot of ways, um
4: hmm.
0: and like new wave and mm-hmm. things that you know. I was looking up like when you listen to how this this song sounds. I was looking up like uh like the the the, the big albums that year in the UK were like um <clears throat> electric like orchestra, Rod Stewart, hmm. ABBA, Supertramp, the Bee Gees, you know, Pink Floyd, Dire Straits. So like, hmm. I'm always struck by how modern this sounds and how like not rock and roll it mm-hmm. sounds. Yeah, yeah, for especially for something that came out in the late 70s and was, you know, some of the stuff was written in like 76, 77. Yeah.
1: Well, here is uh an example of that. It is she lo- she's lost control. The great bass part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't hear it until I watched the live video of them. We should talk about their live performances too, but he's actually, like, writing, I think, a drone note, like a D or something like that, underneath it. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The,
0: the top string and just let the, the D go.
1: Yeah, which is, I guess I didn't hear that. I just assumed that the drone was sort of part of the fabric of the song. But no, he's actually, like, chugging away at that that string too. That's a super nerd like bass thing to notice, mm-hmm. but...
0: And using some like early electronic drum pads, I think mm-hmm. here.
4: Yeah. Hmm.
1: What stuck out to you about this track,
2: Bijan? This one felt especially primitive. Like it felt like I was discovering like mm-hmm. a like a cave painting or something. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> except, like again, it has it retains all the same feelings, but it's like like. The more I think about it, the more I feel like the emotional primacy... Like, the the emotions are the things... that is the thing that you need to, like, feel about this song. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Like... The singing is monotone. The bass line is repetitive. The drums are intentionally not obstructed. Like, mm-hmm. they're just like... It's, it's all... It feels like it's trying to point you at a different thing. It's trying to point you mm. at the... the like... Yeah, it's trying to point you at how this person feels right now. Uh, yeah, which more I think actually more than the other songs on this album, this one this one I remember feeling really like, like what like what am I supposed to be paying attention to? Like I hear this, yeah. I hear this, I hear this, I hear this, I hear the elements together, but then you know I realized I was like, oh right, like this is like this man is hysterically sad and wants me to know it, and he wants me to yeah. know how he feels about this person.
1: And yeah, there's. I I guess that lines up with and I only did my basic like genius research about this song but like uh, apparently Ian Curtis the lead singer struggled with epilepsy as well and yeah, had seizures yeah. um so like and this song Terribly. is yeah is is like in its most literal sense is t- is taken as like a description of someone having a seizure like she's on the floor she's kicking she's right you know all, all these like physical and rather startling descriptions of like what metaphysic or sorry physically happens to a person during a seizure um, but like, also, I, I I like your read of this song as like pointing you in two different directions because it feels very much like losing the like that concept of control, paralleling the alienation he pokes mm-hmm. at throughout the rest of well, his lyrics. It's interesting on the record. It's too.
2: interesting that you mentioned the epi- epilepsy thing because the song is extremely controlled, like, mm-hmm. and he's describing something that is n- like by its yeah. nature out of control, and that's yes. like I that's the other thing it could be pointing to but like again everything is very formulaic not formulaic but it's very like stuck where it is
0: it's very steady yeah like, yeah it's, it's like yeah pattern based I'd say um, yeah it doesn't feel and, wild and, and free you know to Jason's point I mean the epilepsy was like really severe um, yeah to the point where you know he had to be taken he, And if you you can watch on YouTube but there's footage of you know the band performing his, his uh, mannerisms are sort of he almost kind of adopted some of the epileptic fits into his stage persona. So sometimes it was sort of hard to tell mm. what was like performance and what sometimes verged into an a- actual fit and he would collapse on stage. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was, um, he was very troubled by the, the, the epilepsy was, was a real problem. And uh, sure. and also just like his, his persona, would you get from the book and, and some of the other stuff I've read, but he was sort of a, um, it was interesting. He talked about hysteric, uh, hysterically um, sad, Mm-hmm. which comes through in the music, but in person, he was very, very circumspect, very controlled, very, you know, I, I don't know if even the people closest to him probably fully knew who he was. Um, he was mm-hmm. kind of unknowable in that way. And I think um it's interesting that, and also one thing that really just blew my mind is I found a quote by uh Bernard Sumner, the, the guitar player. And it says, strange as it may sound, it wasn't until after his death that we really listened to Ian's, Ian's lyrics and clearly heard the inner turmoil in them. Yeah. I, I was kind yeah. of just like, I was kind of just blown away. I was like, I I can't believe that, like, you know, you were in this band and and you mixed this record and you put it out and you got it mastered and like, it never occurred to you that that something might be a little amiss with your lead singer. But you you have to, you (laughs) have to, but
2: you can't think about that, right? Like, you, 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 Mm -hmm. you actually, how do you, if if you think about it for more than a second, like, you put this person in a hospital, you get them the care they need, you don't make the record. Like, if you're making a record necessarily, you have to put, you have to put it out of your mind right because you're making a piece of work like
1: also the thing you need to consider is like these guys were really young they were like 20 22 ish when they were like playing this music writing it recording it i cannot put myself in that headspace to know like yeah what would i do with my bandmate if i were 22 years old could barely control my own life i'm being thrown into recording contracts i'm sort of figuring out how to get my music out in the world find the fame i want and you know sounds rough but like quote unquote deal with my lead singer's epilepsy and depression and his like real very real problems in life
0: yeah yeah and that comes across in the book i was just struck by how young they were how little guidance they had i mean really the only adult people in their life like tony wilson of factory records who's (laughs) kind of an insane person martin hannett um (laughs) Mm. and you know they you know the other thing is like they played their first i don't think they played their first unknown pleasures comes out in 79 and you know he's he's dead by may of 80. So like mm-hmm. the, everything happened in a couple year period and it changed so quickly. Um, yeah, you really felt for how just young and confused they were. And I think for sure, you know, I think the members of the band now, you know, obviously went on to great success in, as new order. Um, but you know, I think they have some regrets about how they handled things, but at the time, you know, there was nobody, they didn't really have a manager. They didn't have anyone to kind of steer them through this kind of world of celebrity that it sort of found very quickly. And, um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it was a lot of different factors, I think, kind of came in a confluence mm-hmm. to create sort of this sort of how it played out very tragically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to hear. Uh, I'd like to hear insight. I really. This is one of my. Oh yeah. Favorites. I was going to say,
2: the other one that I would love to hear is "I remember nothing."
0: Okay, I let's do it. insight and then I that. I wanted to get there too, so yeah let's
2: let's go go
1: to insight. Let's do it, and then we'll pick up.
2: Yeah, it's a real it's a real tragedy, man. I remember being. I remember being that young and how fucking weird my life was for like no reason. Well, not no reason, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just like you feel out of control until some, like, until one day you just don't. Yeah. And I remember trying to figure out how I should care for people. Cause I, like, you know, obviously we've all had friends who are depressed and this kind of depressed. Um, but I remember feeling like realizing like I, there's, I don't know that there's much I can do. Like I just, I yeah. just don't. And I'm not emotionally equipped to, like, even be a person to, like, you know, who can deal with this. So I I get it. I mean, because, again, it's like you have the the plausible separation that it's like, this is work. We're making, we're making, we're doing work. We're making music. And it makes it kind of easier to overlook. Yeah. A shared mission. Yeah. Dark.
5: Dark.
2: Yeah, what the fuck are these lyrics, man?
1: <laughs> are you on the Genius page just, now? I, yeah, because I'm like bopping yeah, back yeah. and forth.
2: It's like, guess who dreams always in? They don't rise up, just descend. But I don't care anymore. I've lost the will to want more. Like, what the fuck? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's. I mean, already looking back at like age like twenty one or whatever when he wrote this, you know. Mm -hmm. but uh i just think this this song i really think it's a i mean that's a great kind of hook in its way and i just um i love some of the there's sort of a bridge that comes up where there's this weird jolt of kind of like weird electronic kind of industrial noises and
3: Mm -hmm.
1: make sure we don't talk over that if one of us is babbling away put the put the hammer down 150 we're almost there
0: Like, that's just, I mean, for, especially mm-hmm. for the era, like, the, there's nothing that sounds like that, you know? Yeah.
2: It almost sounds like retro- record scratching, like, <laughs> which is yeah.
0: weird. Yeah. I think there's weird, like, I think he's messing with, like, really extreme, like, delays and pitch shifting or something. Yeah, with yeah. these, and, and this like, some digital stuff that was, like, super new in, like, 1978, 79. So it's probably kind of wonky in a cool way. Mm-hmm.
2: But it also, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird-ass bridge.
3: Man,
2: this is... This is is so brutal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, another example of how, like, these very simple melodies can cover over these really... really staunch, depressing lyrics.
2: It also feels like barely a song, in a way. Like like, obviously it's a song, but it feels like it's big, mm. Like, it's like the song is cover for this person screaming their sadness into the universe. Like, yeah, the fact yeah. that it's a song. Yeah, it, it, like, doesn't have the signifiers of, like,
1: oh, the cadence of a song has, like, hooks and breaks and fills and stuff. These songs don't have that, generally. They're not? Which as in- makes... Oh, yeah. I don't know.
0: I'd say they're catchy in their way. No,
1: you no, know?
2: They, they're absolutely catchy, but they, they're, they're less interested in the music than everything except the music. Like, the music feels mm-hmm. like the least like i mean aside from the lines and the singing like a vehicle if yeah it feels like it's like it's it's a way to get from one place to another but like mm-hmm. where are th- where are those places uh, and I, I you know obviously i think i think the music is really catchy like that's the thing like these songs are great but it's really weird they, they it almost feels self-negating like yeah, the, way, I think the, it's my the way it's constructed
0: that, that it's like whatever they this album deliberately creates such an, a, a very distinct, like, kind of sound world. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't really sound <laughs> like any other record. It doesn't really feel like any other record that existed. And so I, I think they're maybe deliberately pulling things back just to kind of create yeah. this kind of emptiness <laughs> uh, musically. Maybe that's
1: not, maybe that's what I'm not ready for from this record, was just like how, like, all those things that we are saying, I think could be construed as true but whether or not they're intentional is the thing that i keep coming back to is yeah. like is this is this made to sound like this or uh, is it made because no. it's the limit of their skill but it's and, like it's sort of how, I mean, you're, how you're describing was the way sla- was I mean, these together. sessions were kind yeah. of
0: slaved over you know what i mean i think or yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of a taskmaster, so well, knowing, huh. knowing that yeah
2: yeah but again this and <laughs> this is why i'm like huh is it useful to know i think i think it's very useful to know more about the band for this kind of record because like again Mm -hmm. it's you're right what you said earlier where it was like you can't separate the story of this album from the story of that band makes a lot of sense to me um yeah because like um but you're right it like coming across it in the wild it like i remember hearing the first time i ever heard a joy division track i don't i remember like trying to look it up and be like what the fuck is this like where did
0: this come mm -hmm. from
2: who made this
0: yeah um and i I remember that myself actually yeah
2: Cause it feels like it's, it feels like, it sounds like nothing else and it feels like nothing else.
0: No, yeah, it's, it's such a, um, it's, I don't know, everything from the album cover, which is obviously one of the mm-hmm. most iconic album covers, I think. And, you know, been parodied and ripped off and a million times. It's just like they, they sort of created this really black hole kind of, of music in a way that's, that's, yeah. I don't think everyone ever really did. Um, let's hear remember, I remember nothing. Yeah. Um, another, um, Yeah. They're all kind of heavy songs. Another
1: another barn burner from joy division.
2: I will. Yeah. I, I will say like the, the, the songs reflect the album art and vice versa. Yeah. 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 It's it's true. (laughs) The most appropriate album art I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) I read that it was originally going to be white or sorry, black, uh, like radio wave plots on a white background. Mm. Yeah. which would have been a complete inversion of the of the tone.
0: Yeah, by uh the artist Peter Seville, who was kind of Factory Records house artist and really a uh, just hugely influential graphic designer, um kind of a genius in his own right.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: It's so spare.
3: We were
1: I don't know if I love or kind of hate that it's literally like the measure before the vocals come in and ostensibly like the thing that takes your attention comes in that they just literally threw in the sound of a of a vase breaking mm-hmm mm-hmm like, is it just to throw my ear a little bit? Is it to keep me on my toes? Is it to make me feel like there's something around me that's, like, wrong?
2: That's the vibe, dude. They want you to that's feel like something is broken inside of you. Oy. Weirdly, this... I, you know, <laughs> it's funny, because, like, obviously, this is sort of a product of his time. Sort of. Mm-hmm. But it, it like... It, it, re- if it really feels like cyberpunk, like, to me. Hmm. And not just because cyberpunk is, like, an 80s sort of phenomena... But, like, or because, like, you know, obviously, like, Cyberpunk, the whole deal with Cyberpunk is that it's, yeah. it's the present, proje- like, projected into the future. Like, it's the conditions mm-hmm. of the present projected into the future. But I think maybe maybe what I'm recognizing or realizing is the, the current of, the undercurrent of extreme sadness and extreme emotional barrenness is, like, the thing that is the same between those two things but it, this really does mm. it sounds kind of like the future but in a cyberpunk yeah. way
0: yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah I get that actually you know the, he he was a, a fan of some uh, kind of the more strange edge of like, like he was a big fan of J.G. Ballard who gave him the song mm. mm-hmm. Atrocity Exhibition for a song off the next album um, Inner Zone on this is named after a William Burroughs short story so
4: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, I think he was a fan of Philip K. Dick so he definitely liked that yeah. kind of darker um dick who obviously inspired blade runner so mm-hmm. you're right to pick up on that kind of like dark if- sci-fi you know uh proto kind of cyberpunk vibe i think is definitely there
2: yeah yeah but i mean you could this is the kind of song you could like if you were walking into a bar in the near future with a lot of neon and people you know wearing like computers on their faces like this is the kind <laughs> of song you, that would be playing yeah. you know <laughs>
1: You got to come to Minneapolis sometime, Bijan. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a few places yeah, like right. that. Yeah, just around the corner.
0: <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, but no, I, it is a sort of—I uh, don't want to say timeless because I don't know if any album's timeless. But it feels sort of out of time in its own sort of like mm-hmm. little, little space. That um, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you know, if this—if I told you this is a band that just put out a record, I don't think you would be like that's clearly not true. You know, I'd be like, I'd
2: yeah. be you know, like, they're like like what why would they make it sound like this because again it like it doesn't sound like anything else it just it just doesn't even now yeah like because they're imitators sure but like this is like i don't know you you can tell the good stuff when you know like when you have it in a glass or when you have it in your headphones
4: Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: bruh
1: matt i understand they're uh they're Live presence was significantly different yeah, from they're much them, more how impressive. this record makes them sound. I
0: did, w- did want to play, and we can probably move on to the reader questions here, but I did want to play a little bit of Inner Zone because this one is interesting mm-hmm. to me in that it feels like a little bit out of step with the record. I mean, it, it fits the record, but this is the one where I can kind of hear them a little bit like they were live and also mm-hmm. a little bit like maybe in a younger incarnation being a little bit more of a conventional rock band. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I love this song, but it definitely, this one is probably the most, like, it's a little more distorted, a little bit more four on the floor for them, um, which I think is kind of an interesting, um, just, uh, contrast it's an anomaly on this yeah. record. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's take a listen,
2: please.
0: I mean, like, this could be kind of like Black Sabbath Paranoid or something, you know? It's not that far off. Sure, sure. Like, even a little blues kind of thing. I mean, the drums are very, like, mechanical and weird sounding, but... But you know what I mean? You can almost hear them as, like, a garage band in this song a little bit before they kind of figured out the whole Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, this is this feels unfair, but the immediate. I remember reading when I was like, I was a teenager, I think. Um, but I remember when the Arctic Monkeys came out, and like I was in England with my aunt, or my great aunt rather, and you know she had an enemy on her table, her her coffee table, and I remember like them being like in the article, these people can't play their instruments, and mm-hmm. that first album has a very similar like, obviously it's happier, but it has a very similar like. Vibe where it's like these people can't play their instruments, but they're trying to make something, and it's actually pretty good what they're doing. I would yeah. argue this album is far better, but <laughs> I do think like <laughs> this feels like trying to make a rock song with the things that you have, as opposed to like yeah. like the musical talents that you have, which I yes. really appreciate.
0: No, yeah, and, I absolutely think a lot of great records are made out of limitations. I think you know, um,
2: I do. Yeah, I, I do think art art requires a con- requires constraint um, but also this is like this is one of the songs with like a much much more abstract lyrics and it's I feel like it's no surprise that like it's much more like colorful if that's the right word mm-hmm.
1: well if it's pulling from a burrows piece it's gonna gonna have a little bit of that wackity wonkity to it mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> wackity
3: wonkity is that, is that a literary term I'm, I'm trying not. to find
1: stuff that crosses <laughs> ge- crosses generations. You know, we the have wackety, all walkity. kinds of listeners. Right, right. <laughs> well, you guys um, knew what I was talking no, about. Back yeah. in right in the chest. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Well,
0: well, this is fun. I, I'm, this is a really great discussion. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, and it was. Oh, I loved it. It was I kind of one of those the, things where I absorbed it so much. At one point, I haven't listened to it for a long time until I read the book, and then I was. It's, it's cool when if, if some you you've, you've gone away along enough time for it to feel like almost fresh to you again, which uh, Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like that this, uh, this time. Um, but, uh, Bijan are you, uh, could you stick around for some, uh, listener questions? Hell yeah.
1: Well, thanks for sticking around, Bijan. We've got a few listener questions here. Um, uh, you may or may not know, Bijan, that crossfade is just one of the show's, under the MinMax banner. Uh, they call it a Patreon about games, friends, and getting better, but the MinMax crew puts out bunches of stuff every week and finds fun ways to involve the community while they're at it. Uh, join a group of thousands of patrons by going to patreon.com MinMax. That's MinMax with two N's, like Minnesota. It's a pretty good name. And uh, by helping out at any tier, any tier of support will grant you access to this feed where well rather not this feed. I'm really screwing up this plug. But <laughs> it will get you access to special posts where you can suggest songs and questions like the ones we're about to read and the one we're about to hear. Uh any tier of support helps. But of course this is still a free show. Anyone can listen to it. You can share it with your friends. Uh if you share the right link, that's easy enough. Even your grandparents can probably listen to it. I don't know how hip are grandparents to podcasts these days. Do you think they've got airpods and stuff I they're probably so. they're probably going with it. i don't know when i was making podcasts back in 2019 nobody above like 40 knew
0: how to listen to a podcast anyway you are absolutely insane by the way when you say time,
1: that times are changing matt get with them <laughs> Dude, I... we're all,
0: all like the, the people that put podcasts on the map were like over 40 at the time you know what i yeah. mean yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I guess I'm kind of forgetting pretty important people like Mark Maron. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> he was was like since he, he was like,
0: abortion. Joe Rogan,
2: in fact, <laughs> you know, despite his unfortunate <laughs> nature.
1: <laughs> yeah, but gross, gross.
2: Look, I I remember podcasts from back when the Apple iPod was out, and they had these newfangled things called podcasts, which were just recorded broadcasts of the radio.
1: I was, I was so thrown because I had an iPod and I was like, I want to get into podcasts and had no idea how to, until like a college professor taught me how to like download the file, put it on your iPod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still never did. I listened to one, I think, with Ken Levine. I don't know why. That guy's full of shit. Um, no. Uh, wow. My, the, our actual questions. Okay. I, let's I, not, let's, not, do let's
0: want... not get Ken's uh, cease and desist order on us here. That's true. <laughs> I do <laughs> want to say, full, dis- we... full disclosure, sure. I am looking at my iPod
2: Classic right now. I
0: can see it. <laughs> oh, my I got God. mine I f- in the other room, dog. I found mine when I was going through some boxes, and I was, like, so excited. It's it was a, the best. It's and a it magic still box. I did not touch the thing for, like, eight years. I, I found the little power cable. And
1: you should uh, you great. should boot it up and, and let us know what was the last thing you played on that thing. I I, I want this is content is what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. But not not as interesting of content as this is about to be. Uh, starting <laughs> with a question from Shazira uh, from our MinMax Patreon asks how much did the music your household grew up listening to inform your music preferences today? What is it? what your parents put on listened mm-hmm. to your cousins siblings etc. Um, the whole question reads that uh, I found how much it influences my preferences uh, is dynamic to where I am at, at in life. At that time, Um, I definitely found myself coming back to it, uh, back more to that music after grad school. College was definitely the widest gap for Shazira. Thanks and have a good recording, everybody. So I guess essence of the question is, to what extent did that music that you listened to, your parents, grandparents, whoever was influential, to what extent does that impact your music preferences today? Uh, We'll start with Bijan.
2: That is a, it's a really good question. I, um, it's kind of interesting. So my, my dad is um, from St. Lucia, which is an island in the West Indies. Uh, my mom is from Jamaica, but, uh, the, the salient portion of the story is, um, so when I was growing up, my dad was, a he loved the Beatles and he loved Bob Marley. And so I listened to a lot of reggae, like, you know, Bob Marley and all of the other bands that sort of came out of, uh, you know, the whaler scene. Um, and also, you know, I listened to a lot of like the Beatles and like the bands around that, you know, that band. Um, Mm -hmm. But what was interesting was I remember talking to my dad about, you know, I started, i started listening to my own music, the things that I liked. I listened to a lot. I was listening to a lot of rap. Uh, and my, you know, my mom hated it. She was just not a fan. She was like, it's so violent. Like, why would you listen to that? Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad told me a story. He was like, you know, my mom thought the same about reggae. She wouldn't let me listen to it. And I love it anyway. Huh. And I was like, huh. Thanks, dad. <laughs> like, and huh. so I, I feel like it, it actually, you know, it, it the, the essence of that conversation was like permission to go exploring. Um, and so I really, you know, I felt I, you know, I play him songs and stuff, but it felt really like, oh, right, like this, I feel affirmed in the things that I like and I can, I can go find things and not feel like I have to like censor myself or censure myself around other people. Um, so I think, I think, you know, at least in the sense of like, this is a thing that made me start actively discovering music. Yeah. That my parents, my household sort of did go that way but i will say the other thing that we listen to a lot of every morning our radio like our our wake up was the radio and it was mm-hmm. the soft rock station so i i have i have a huge soft spot for like like 60s 70s 80s arena soft rock Ooh. um yeah and I, I, like i didn't realize like, that uh... i absorbed all of this until i would like you know until eh, relatively recently maybe like five six seven years ago when i go to bars and hear these songs and know all the lyrics and be like oh what the fuck like where did that come from <laughs> uh so yeah i mean i think you know I, I don't think you can discount for me at least i can't discount that that sort of that experience
1: <laughs> so so bijan hears go, goes to his local uh buffalo wild wings and hears john cougar Mellencamp, and it's
0: like his manchurian candidates
2: yeah <laughs> it brings out all this stuff it's my cia activation phrase
0: <laughs> yeah suck sucking on a chili dog
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, same question to you. I know I've, I've got some insight into this from yeah, previous episodes. I mean, episodes you know, we, we did but- our
0: episode about our first kind of records from our parents' collection. Uh, so definitely, um, I'm, you know, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revivals, Rolling Stones, Beatles, you know, that kind of things of that nature. Um, actually, Kenny Rogers, my mom really liked Kenny Rogers. Ooh. So, <laughs> but you know, there, you know, I think that, I think for everybody, I mean, at least I assume that, you know, the kind of formative things, the first, ideas you have about music and you know i was pretty lucky that <clears throat> i think those bands are pretty good bob marley and the beatles obviously are you know high quality places to start as well so um mm-hmm. i think it's just natural it kind of seeps into you and there's i don't know there's just in general i think with movies or, or whatever there's the way you perceive things as a very young child that has a sort of uh sense of mystery or something that is kind of hard to duplicate when you're older
1: for sure. Yeah. I feel like I've grown, uh, maybe not cynical, but definitely like, oh, I'm smarter than whatever I'm listening to now. I'm, I'm one step ahead of it. And I try to like put myself out of that mindset as much as possible to be like, if I were listening to this for the first time, and it was the first music I ever listened to. How would I respond to it? Um stuff, but uh, it can be fun to do sometimes. Definitely for me, Doobie Brothers was huge. A lot of, unfortunately, like a lot of contemporary Christian music my mom listened to, uh, but not even like the Hillsong United part of it, like the David Crowder band part of it, the... Mm-hmm. newsboys part of it yeah i I don't know if any of these names are ringing any bells but it's like the kind of stuff that you would probably find pretty insidious now if you went back because it's like oh weird certain aspects of inculcation and some weird messaging (laughs) going on there but um but that was that was it and uh special shout out to highwayman by the Highwaymen, a song that still slaps so fucking great super group country group uh check that song out if you haven't everybody um second question comes from tanner hoisington who asks Could 2022 be an all-time great year for music? goes on to explain that it seems like either the, excuse me, the pandemic either convinced bands that they need to get back together and put out music, or it gave some artists time to start sketching out a bunch of ideas that are all being realized now, giving an example of Jack White's two albums that have come out just this year. Um, So Bijan, uh, what do you think about, I mean, grand scale of your time and sort of the music you've listened to in your lifetime, Mm -hmm. how is 2022 shaping up so far?
2: Well, I think it's fucking weird, man. Um, like,
0: it, the, I think, <laughs> just in I, general.
2: I, yeah. yeah. Because, like, think about it, right? Like, we just, uh, it's, the pandemic is not over, not even close. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, people are starting to tour again. Like, people are releasing albums. It feels like, you know, you, you, the things that got overshadowed by the, the onrushing pandemic have cut, like, the pandemic has receded a bit. It's like low tide. So, like, things, things are being revealed. And I think people mm-hmm. are, people are, you know, I, I've seen a lot of great albums come out. Like, you know, I, you know, Beach House, fantastic. Fucking, um, uh, the Kendrick album, sick. Like, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, Beyonce just released an album, but it's, I, I feel like people were back on track. So I do think it will be an all time great year for music just because everybody has spent the last couple years inside like or you know if not inside working a job that they fucking hate and trying to be like not get sick for as long as like the thing that we went through changed everybody um Mm -hmm. and so i think you know like now that things are getting somewhat back to normal um despite all evidence to the contrary i mean like i i feel conflicted about the handling of the pandemic as a person who i did i i this is a tangent but um when i was in college i took a class um about evolutionary medicine we had a a section on pandemics and i was like thank god that'll never happen and i was a senior in college <laughs> so it was like uh. I, you know i i feel like there's a little egg on my face but uh like i i feel a little conflicted about the handling of the pandemic because the cdc used to be the best organization in the world for that and then uh, it was defunded but all of that said i do think now that we're we're getting back to sort of a semblance of normalcy that people have a lot of feelings that they've been working on um and i mm-hmm. think the out like There have been a lot
0: of good albums, man. Like, Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. I mean, I always feel like every year is pretty good, though. I don't, I mean, I feel like there's always more good music in the year than I can probably even find or listen to. Oh, sure, Um, sure, sure. mm -hmm. But like, I mean, I I think one thing I will say is I think, and this is, I'm speaking more in in probably the hip hop world now, just on Twitter Mm -hmm. is like, um, Man, people declare stuff classics, like, the first day now. Oh, I don't. Like, there was, like, the like, was it Buster Rhymes, like, extinction level event, like, two? It was like, oh my God, what a classic. It's, like, yeah, no one talks about that. Like, like, every single Kanye record that, like, takes up mm-hmm. all the air in the world for two weeks, and, like, literally no one gives a shit about well, any of them the- anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really- seriously, do you hear people playing, like, songs off those Kanye records, like, for real? You I know.
2: I read a piece about Kanye in I think 2018 about how Kanye and Drake were both over. And I stand by that piece. I'm pretty sure I was right.
0: Uh, I mean, certified, certified lover boy definitely felt like sort of a, like, uh, you know, like lethal weapon four or something, you know what I mean? Like kind of like that it's really (laughs) successful, but like, you know what I mean? The, the shine's Mm -hmm, gone off the mm -hmm. blockbuster series a little bit, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I, so I do tend to think that like, there's a lot of hyperbole now about calling stuff classics. Um, I mean, the Kendrick record is, man, that's a lot. That's like drinking from a hose. Um, but like, <laughs> yes, that, I mean, I, I love that he made that record. It's super challenging. Um, it's, it's it, good. It, it's good. It is, um, parts are like hard to take. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just appreciate that he makes records like without any concern for like how they're going to be taken or commerciality or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's a good year. I've I've definitely found stuff to like, and but I, I think I don't think you'll ever really know until like ten years from now, probably. Oh
2: yeah, no, I think for sure I think that's smart money's on ten years from now. I'm trying to listen to
1: n- more new music for this exact reason because it's like, oh, there's so much new stuff, so many new artists, so many bands that started either just before or sometime during the height of the like beginning of the pandemic uh, that I've, I feel like I'm now a little bit more tuned in. Like I can name actually three albums that have released this year that are like, Oh yeah, I'll probably listen to those for several years to come. And I don't feel like I felt like that for, I don't know, a long time. So I, even if it's just a vibe we're feeling, uh, uh, Tanner, I I think, I think you've, you've got your thumb on something there.
0: Yeah. you know, Uh, actually beach house, you said that's mm -hmm. a band I kind of slept on and I recently unslept on them. And yeah, man, they're different than I thought they were going to be. Um, they're
2: kind of killer. I mean, I yeah, I just I,
0: I, I thought they were different. I thought they were going to be this kind of twee, kind of like some of that era of like Pitchfork indie was not yeah, like yeah, my yeah. style. But
4: man, they're just
0: a really cool band. They've done um like Depression Cherry. I listened to
3: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, what was the one one I had like sort of a disco ball type cover. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I was really I, I sort of it just I think I'd heard about the new album. And decided, I, man, this one of those bands I sort of neglected to ever really check out, and I was really like. Damn, I should have been on these guys when they were first coming out.
2: Yeah, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I remember, <laughs> I remember, I got, I got a chance to interview them for Essence magazine uh, a few Ooh. years ago, and I was just like, "Damn, these people are fucking cool, man." Like, I don't know. I was just like, "Yeah, this is this is good. The music is real good." But it's I for uh, her- Essence.
4: Medi- hmm. Oh,
2: S S two two S's S S N's the the fashion mag.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was like a, an interesting placement for that band, but that's cool.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, they, have you, have you seen them? Oh my
0: God. Are they like really hot? They're hot. Yeah. Okay. Good for yeah. them. Good band. Yeah, good, they- hot people making hot music. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm, and I was, I'm, I was I'm
1: looking, <laughs> I'm looking at your profile of them right now. Yeah. They are, they are smoking I, hot I was, people. I was, I was, <laughs>
2: here, here's a missed opportunity, uh, that I will disclose on this podcast specifically for patrons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I remember I, after our interview, um, uh, Victoria was like, oh, hey, you should take my phone number. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Uh, and my phone locked up.
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so no.
2: I, I know. I got their email address and they followed me on Instagram, but I was just like, oh, I fumbled oh. that. I yep.
0: fumbled that fucking bag. <laughs> what could have been? What could have been?
2: And I blame Apple. They liked your vibe, man. I blame
0: Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I could see them. Actually, look, I could see them so that, yeah they, so, were they a couple or
2: no 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 but okay, uh like a, hey victoria if you're listening
0: i'll, I'll let your boy
2: <laughs> my phone works
0: now yeah <laughs> he's got a working phone he's on the up yeah yeah he's uh, glow up. he's got a phone now uh, all
1: right <laughs> uh, well if if ever we need to talk about beach house uh matt remind me i have a friend who's i think it's one of her it may be her favorite band
0: okay yeah no ever, I, I was so uh she, I was she knows the ins the, and outs i was kind of just Let's, flipping through their records in there it's a yeah, really good. I was really, Great really this impressed. is already a show yeah.
1: about all of our friends. So let's just make it one. Uh this question comes from me, just a fun letting off a little bit of steam question. So pretend it's really hot outside, your AC's busted, you have a bunch of work to do. Knowing the jobs that we both have, it's probably at a desk or in front of a microphone or something. Uh you have no motivation to do it, it's just too damn hot. What music do you reach for? What are you listening to to try and like incentivize yourself to actually do the work? <laughs> <laughs> to do the work? To do the work. I don't know. I feel like sometimes there's there's albums I can go to that are like, okay, this is energetic enough, or this is, like, happy enough, or maybe this will just bring me so far down into my emotions that I have to come back up for air, and then I'll have a newfound, like, spirit to get into the work I'm supposed to be doing. Are there any of those for you? I guess maybe the question is, are there, and if there are, what So, are
2: they? I, when I, I can't really listen to music when I'm working, um, Ooh. because, like, I find it, it's not always distracting. Like I can listen to some like music without vocals, but, uh, but usually when I'm like writing or something, I I just need silence. I need just like space for my mind to go places. Um, but to answer the question, uh, AC's busted, got a bunch of work to do. No, no, no motivation to do it. Uh, I put on, I'm opening a Spotify. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to be accurate about this. (laughs) Up to the date. Up to fucking date. Yeah, no. What do I put on? I put on fucking. I put on, I put on like Sophie and I leave the fucking house and I go directly to the Ooh. bar.
3: <laughs>
1: there you go. Oh, man. And well, that's like, that's that, how it that works. That takes on a new air. Yeah. Yeah. Over the past couple like, of years, I'm sure that that's. Yeah. I'm but also super just,
0: familiar with Sophie, but I, that sounds, she's, I, I find it conceptually interesting what I've read. She
2: is fantastic. Just like the album Oil of Every Pearls on Insides. I reviewed that for The Nation. It's fantastic. It's just like great. It's great music. But yeah, just nice. put on some fucking hyper pop. Get the fuck out of the apartment. Go to the bar. Get fucked up. <laughs> Reset. Hyper pop no, no re- yeah.
0: Drinking yeah. instead of working. I'm I'm very on board with conception. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I would listen. I'm going to plug my own playlist. I have a playlist called Ooh. Down by Law. Old school hip hop classics. 80s and 90s hip hop. 20 hours of hip hop classics. I defy you to find a better hip hop classic. I'm hip-hop. gonna
2: let, say the name again. I'm gonna fucking subscribe right now.
0: Uh, down by law old school hip hop classics. And by law, I defy you to find a better one, a more comprehensive one on Spotify. You can't do it. Um, How's, all right,
1: it's, where, what, it's going in the show notes, everybody. So put it go in the because I can't find it
0: right now. I will, I think, I'll, I'll send I know it, it to public you because it has some likes. Down by law, <laughs> Have you counted list? the number of likes over time? Well, I'm looking at it right now. It says uh-huh.
2: 59. Wait, wait, Eyes wait, on. wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. What's
2: what's your username?
0: Uh just Matt Helgeson, all one oh, word. Okay, right. okay. let me see if I can...
2: Well. Ah, I can't find it, but I'll find it we'll in the We'll find show it off
0: air. Time. We'll we'll get it back to the people. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it in your email. <laughs> but I don't know. That kind of just it. makes me happy. It makes me happy and it makes me <laughs> motivated. So the old school shit. Nice. Yep.
1: Nice. Uh, Zeth Hillman Johnson uh, first wants to give a shout out to Bijan, says that it's awesome we've got him on, and that uh, he's a huge fan and patron of fun city hey, so yo good job thank you, you for, got some crossover buddy thank you for being a patron uh, of fun
2: city please subscribe thank
1: you zeth and of min max my goodness you are a, a rare breed i hope there are more of you in the world <laughs> um if you were in charge of a playlist of a banal commercial space like a grocery store or a starbucks what kind of music would you put in it would it be radio-friendly hits would you want to expand people's musical horizons <laughs> while they buy like apple juice or whatever uh bijan what what is on your starbucks playlist yes, imagine you only have to program for one day
2: oh shit okay well it would definitely be like whatever the most antagonistic music i can think of was uh <laughs> like it would either be like oh man oh man i'm going back to, i'm going back to, i'm going back to the playlist baby let's fucking digging go back
1: into spotify
2: no i think it would be like black skinhead by kanye would would start it off? I think. Oh, you're
1: gonna you're gonna fuck up everybody with that because the ones who like it are just gonna be really into yeah. it. The ones who hate it are just gonna. Leave. I think it'd
2: be like um, what's a horrible song? Uh, <laughs> 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 I I would put on like uh you know obviously like fuck the police. I'd put on like uh, these are great songs by the way. I would put on like fucking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think
1: Hm. Uh, hmm. Highwayman by the highwayman. Sure, man. Sure.
2: I put on like Switchfoot. I'd put on, you know, we we Switch were made to live for so <laughs> much more. I dare you. Like, to it move. would be like it would have to be anti it would it would be anti program It would not be like something that you would want to listen to. It would feel it would it should yeah. feel like bad. I'd put on the the fucking I would put on a Joy Division song from Unknown Pleasure. I'd put on like whatever the like what do you think? New dawn That'd fades. Cool. Like yeah, there you shit, go. Yeah. man. Like but the most discordant shit I could come up with, I think, because uh yeah. I don't, I, I wouldn't I, want people to stay very long. I wouldn't want them to feel
0: comfortable. <laughs> you're not the owner of this <laughs> coffee shop. You're like an employee for sure. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's, yeah. You just but I just, it's like, I don't think, cause the other thing, I'm, part of the reason is like, I, I think people remember things that are antagonistic, like in spaces like that more. Um, but also, like, I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the, 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 like anodyne music like that. I don't, it just makes me angry when I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. You're playing this song. Oh, and you're ruining this song. Great, you're ruining a great song or you're playing a shitty song. One of the two. That's it. <laughs>
0: um
1: it, there's no middle ground. Uh, no middle ground. Matt, would you how how long would it take before you break out trap Mask replica?
0: <laughs> I'd do it right away. I'd play exclusively <laughs> like those horrible, like dire um indie rock piano covers of Fuck. like happy songs that they use in stupid like movie trailers all the oh, time. It was like Oh my god. I'm a body you know, girl. In a Bobby World, okay. like so that they do. So I was, I was just in Europe. Like Mad World by Gary Jules, I think was like the the originator of that. Yeah, yeah. That song still
2: slaps, though. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I. You did a good job. It, it just
0: was too successful.
2: Oh yes, I agree. I so I was, I was recently in Europe, um, for for work, and one of the things that struck me was all across the European continent, all I heard were, like, shitty EDM remixes of, like, indie rock songs and, like, regular rock songs. It was awful. I was in (laughs) Belgrade and I was just like, what the fuck are you playing and why? Like, how did you EDM Rod Stewart? Like, what's happening here?
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I, I was in Mexico last and we were at some, like, bougie, like, beach club place that people wanted to go to. And they were playing, they kept playing this Rocket Man kind of, like light edm rocket man elton yeah. john remix and it was Jeez. just like oh my god I, but <laughs> hey, europeans like there's a lot of really just like horrible dance music in europe i mean there's a do lot you, of great stuff do you but, think
1: do you think they're pandering to like you to americans they think like oh we're gonna play their music so, because they're in our like space. So their music or, too or is is it i mean like, like, what like they actually rock like. is
3: huge mm-hmm. and you know everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah it's true
2: so i did ask yeah. at least in belgrade i don't know i can't speak for like copenhagen or fucking stockholm wherever else i went but in belgrade in uh serbia i was like hey okay so why are you playing this stuff um and the answer i got was like there so if one restaurant starts playing or bar starts playing something like this all the other ones adapt and so it's just like there's there's like this it's like the same playlist of the same shitty song because somebody thought it was a good idea
1: (laughs) until you have edm old crow medicine show just Mm -hmm. going on all day at every bar Mm -hmm. like a virus woof uh, well, Matt, I, I'm glad to know what you would be doing uh, behind the behind the iPod at the local Starbucks. Um, last question comes from Jason Wojnar, uh, who asks, when have you felt the most out of place or stuck out the most at a concert? Uh, Jason brings up the, an example of a band from Belarus who he saw. Uh, the name translates to Silver Wedding. He's not going to make me pronounce it because I fucked up my pronunciation last time of a Ukrainian word. Um, but he it, it was pretty clear that he was the only person there, the, despite this show not being in Belarus, wasn't from Eastern Europe, uh, didn't know the other languages at any time, couldn't communicate. People were coming up and started speaking Russian, all that kind of stuff just felt really isolating. Uh, has that ever happened to you, Bijan, in, in any capacity? You know,
2: that's an excellent question. Um, I let me think about it. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you want to answer first so I can, um, I can sure. have a to think? Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, spoiler alert. The older you get, the more you'll feel weird at some shows. But Thank that's you. just kind of, you know, like my friend put it a good way. He's like, I felt like I was always the youngest person at the show, and then I was always the oldest person at a show, like instantly. But um <laughs> uh I guess one comes to mind is when I first moved to the cities to college, there was a there's like a punk like not like a a venue, because that would imply that it had like, you know, zoning and legality. It's place it called the bomb, to be- <laughs> the bomb shelter on Lake Street that was sort of a punk kind of Squat kind of type thing And I don't know who was playing Probably Code 13 I mean It was like hardcore hardcore Not like you know Like And and the pit was like I showed up And it was so packed It It was like empty brick room And like It was more like kind of a a sanctioned fight, you know, club more just than churning, like Yeah. I mean, not like one of these kind of nerf pits, like, oh, we're, we're at Coachella. Let's like, you know, bump into each other slightly. You know, it was like dudes like mm-hmm. throwing like literal punches and shit. And I was just like so scared and so like skinny little kid. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what's this is a good place to be, you know, kind of thing. So I remember feeling really out of place there just because it was all like, you know, 28 year old dudes like beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> and uh, I felt scared Did that.
2: Makes a lot of sense to me. Uh yeah, I, I would too. Yeah, I had to think about it for a second, but my answer is so. Um, some years ago, I dated this wonderful woman who was a uh, an old time banjo player.
4: Ooh. So awesome. I spent a
2: lot of time at like old time shows, and uh, you know, like it was it was just like you know there there are a lot of white people there, not a lot of black people there, man. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. huh, this is this is interesting, but like you know, everyone was was cool, everyone was nice, but I I remember feeling. Like showing up to the gigs and being like, "Huh, okay, all right, <laughs> I'll just hit the bar. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hit the bar. We're gonna do the beer and the shot. Let's go."
0: Did she play banjo? Or yes, was she pretty hot shit? She was, she was pretty fucking good. Yeah, I she, love, um, I love a banjo player when they really go off like super yeah. fast. That's oh, yeah. that's and, cool as hell.
2: And she, she played. Um, was it old style? Like it was like, uh, it was claw, it was claw hammer, hammer, claw hammer banjo. Yep. yep. And was really good at it. And I... You know, I... Her sister is now like a... Are you playing Beach House? You are.
1: (laughs) Are you playing Beach House, Matt? I think I just was.
0: Yeah. Were you just playing Beach House? I I wonder if... like I think I might have hit like a... Voice thing or something? I, seriously, Whoops. I didn't like dial that up at all. I swear to God. No,
2: no, I'm gonna play Beach House in my. <laughs> that was weird.
0: I was <laughs> like, I thought you were <laughs> trying to be dramatic or something, no, Jason. No. I was like,
2: <laughs> I, I, I wish I were that
1: funny.
4: <laughs> I
0: have no, idea. like, I swear to God. Like, the, the, I was looking at Spotify because I want. I was looking at that hip hop playlist thing I was talking about, and then I, I guess I had my phone in my hand, or I don't know what happened there. But anyway, there's a little Beach House for you.
1: Now I'm just imagining Bijan, the only black guy at a folk music yeah. concert, just slowly walking away to the bar. I,
2: yeah. Well, it was fine. It was great. Uh, But, like, yeah, she, um, her sister is now, like, a... Her sister, yeah, is now a really... She's popping in the indie scene, and, like, you know, her mm-hmm. sister's ex-boyfriend is also, like, you know, he's on whatever... What's it called? There's a great record label. Hold on. Uh, oh, my God!
1: Oh, I'm Capital the wrong record. guy to ask. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> Def I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it.
0: I'm gonna find it. Metal Blade Asian Man yeah, Asian man. Yeah, yeah shout out to the us, only other um, one I can think Mike of. Park we had Former him guest Mike Park we should have him back oh he was great What a oh, guy. uh Saddle Creek <laughs> Oh <laughs> wait,
2: wait, wait, yeah, like, yeah yeah I know They're they're they are their whole family's musical and they're really wonderful people so there was a family band as well nice. uh, mm. I, re- I think I think they had like I think I met Bela Fleck once because we were at a wedding together. it was oh, a whole phew. thing man uh, but that was, it was great. But it was also like, sometimes I was like, huh, I guess I'm here now.
0: But that's like, yeah, yeah. when, when he walks in the room at a thing like that, it's like, fucking and Kanye just walked in the room or something.
2: No, like, but because they all fly. know him. He's a family friend. So it's just like, oh, oh it's wow. Bella. Yeah. Oh,
0: damn. <laughs> oh it's all. They're, like yeah. they're like in the yeah. upper, upper echelon of the banjo scene. No,
2: they're they're great. Uh, it's uh, like off, the
0: VIP uh, section of the ban- <laughs> banjo, like <laughs> bottle service at the banjo show.
2: Off mic, I will, I will, I will. I will let you know about their house concerts that you can visit next time you're in New York. Hello.
1: Oh, hell cool, yeah. Cool, cool. Looking forward to it. Uh, well, that is the end of our community questions segment. We have one last thing that we do. Uh, I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to it, but The Girl from Ipanema is going to be our outro song. Uh, it is can by I? Stan Getz, or at least this version. Can I, Sorry? Can I ask why? Why this yeah. one? Uh, it's arbitrary. Okay. I choose from the songs that we get suggested.
2: So, the only reason I ask is because of a thing on fun city where we have, so we have the show, but we have a talk show about the show where people who listen can ask questions for patrons patron thing. Um, and one of the memes that has developed is like when somebody says something that uh, is, you know, like, Oh, Hey, you should go blow up a pipeline. We start playing the Ipanema song and so people like, <laughs> and I'll just cut in.
0: Like, no warning
1: You know what's funny is, is the, the person who suggested this song is the person who listens to Fun yeah. City. So we just got Oh, we got punked. punked.
0: Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know say,
2: hey, say, say, say take, hey, talk about blowing up a yacht. You know, like, talk, t- 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 talk that shit. Talk, t- say something, say something, uh, antagonistic to rich people and then just cut yourself off with the girl from Ipanema. <laughs> i got to get to the song real
1: yeah. quick.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll admit, I'll admit, Jason just emailed some anthrax in an envelope to Elon Musk. God, thank God. <laughs>
2: you know who shouldn't be alive? That guy. <laughs> <laughs> My
1: favorite thing to do on Lake Bidem, Bidem excuse me, Mikaska is uh, is make Molotov cocktails. All you need is some nice. diesel, some uh, styrofoam, a rag, and an empty bottle. There you, you go. You've got it going.
0: Um... I don't want a short to short shrift this because it is actually like, a so perfect good. song. It, it's, it is it's a good song. It's truly one of the great greatest like pop songs I oh, think. I love it. Uh, jazz pop or whatever you want to call it. Like it's just those guys knew what they were doing, man. Gilberto, I guess. I'm let Gets. you guys
1: go out go out on this song then, because uh it's like five minutes long and I don't know how much you, how long you wanna hang around.
2: I'm vibing, dude. Uh, the only <laughs> thing I have to do next is play right. Valorant with the
0: boys. So. Nice. Ooh. That sounds great. Um, get well, to it are we just gonna have like a soft pad on the outro here I like this this is classy I feel like mm-hmm. a, a, I'm, real, you, you a real you give me the out DJ. you
1: give me your socials <laughs> and we can head out
0: <laughs> alright
2: you can find me at Bijan Steven B-I-J-A-N S-T-E-P-H-E-N on Twitter and Twitch on Instagram Great. I am not that but you can find it online just, just look me up man I'm there
0: look him up he's around and uh, yeah check out Fun City Check out Eclipse Podcast and any of his writing that pops up on the internet. Uh, Bijan, this is so much fun. I'm, I'm glad you could be with us. It's really thank great. You thank so you. so
2: much for inviting me. I've had a wonderful time.
0: Awesome. And we'll uh, hopefully do it again in the future sometime. Uh, we'd like to thank all of you for listening and supporting. If you'd like to support what we do and what MinMax is doing as a whole, you can go to patreon.com slash MinMax, M-I-N-N-M-A-X to support. I think we just past 3,000 supporters, so that's really cool. Ben's excited about that. Jason, thanks for being here. It's good rapping with you once again, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks, everyone. Take care.